the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're going to pick up in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and uh, today we're going to work our way from 19 to 25, and I'll start with verse 18. But before I do that, I want to talk a little bit about definitions. Wisdom is the quality or state of being wise, knowledge of what is true or right, coupled with just judgment as to its action, sagacity, discernment, or insight. That's the definition of wisdom. And we see faith. Faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Now, the reason I put those two up there is because typically we look at wisdom as knowledge. Most people would see, particularly the secular world, would see wisdom and faith at odds with one another. Because wisdom is based in what I know according to the world's definition. It's based in what I understand. It's based in my knowledge and what I can do with that knowledge. That's what wisdom is based in, in in my history. The problem is that that's not the truth of wisdom. If we look at the definition of wisdom, the dictionary has it right in part when it says wisdom is a knowledge of what is true. It has it right in part. But I would change that to it is knowing the truth capital T. It is having an intimate relationship with the truth, capital T, and being yielded to live it out. Now here's the thing, guys. When we interpret wisdom as knowledge, then we wait around for God to tell us something. We wait around for us to understand something. That is not wisdom. Wisdom requires faith. Wisdom requires faith. Why? Because wisdom is a person. 
Wisdom is Christ's life in you. Christ is the power and wisdom of God in you. To operate in wisdom, the wisdom of God, which is what we're talking about, requires faith. Because to operate in the truth of your union requires faith. You cannot have godly wisdom apart from God. The wisdom of God does not necessarily present itself in logic or reason. It presents itself in such a way that requires us to trust God, to believe in His heart for us and others, to yield without fully knowing or understanding. We see the wisdom of God in the activity of God through faith. I'll explain that a little better further on, but if you read the, if you read the Bible you see the wisdom of God. But apart from faith, it seems like fairy tales and man's imaginative invention. By faith, we see the work of creation in the brilliance and the wisdom and the glory of God displayed as He creates the universe. Apart from faith, we're left with the wisdom of man who would reduce creation to the universe to some kind of random bang. By faith and trust and obedience, Noah built an ark that looked like foolishness to the people around him. But to those who were being saved, it revealed the wisdom and the power of God. You beginning to see the trend here? Jesus was crucified and resurrected to be our salvation and our life. And the message of the cross was foolishness to the world. But to those who believed... By faith, it is the wisdom and salvation of God. There's a difference. My point is that the wisdom of God will always be foolishness to the flesh. Why? Because it requires faith. The wisdom of God requires faith. Now, we don't like to hear that. Because we're constantly asking God, will you tell me what to do? Will you just tell me what to do so I can go do it? Will you just show me how I can do this? Will you just give me wisdom to operate in this situation? I'm going to tell you something. God gave you wisdom when He gave you the life of Christ. That's when God gave you wisdom. And faith is to operate in dependency upon that life. And to operate in faith is wisdom. It is wisdom to operate apart from faith, from God's point of view, is foolishness. Now, I'm not against logic and knowledge. They are tools for making good choices, but they're not wisdom. Wisdom is believing that you have the mind of Christ and yielding to that leading. That requires faith. The reason I make this distinction, because in the verses we're about to look at today, there are two different wisdoms. There is the wisdom of this world, and there is the wisdom of God. And as I mentioned before, we're going to begin at verse 18. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the story and the message of the cross is sheer absurdity and folly to those who are perishing and on their way to perdition. But to those who are being saved, it is the manifestation of the power of God. See, God's wisdom is revealed in His power to save. 
I've, I've said this before, that the wisdom of God is seen in the activity of God in our lives, but it's not seen without faith. The wisdom of God makes all things work together for good for those of us who are called according to His purpose. We are being saved from the foolishness of flesh daily. To the flesh, it is foolishness to love an enemy. To the child of God, it is salvation from bitterness. You see the difference. One is the wisdom of God, the other is the wisdom of the flesh. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19 says, For it is written, I will baffle and render useless and destroy the learning of the learned and the philosophy of the philosophers and the cleverness of the clever and the discernment of the discerning. I will frustrate and nullify them and bring them to nothing. Well, did he leave anyone out? I think he basically mentioned every human source of wisdom, although the Internet wasn't around at that time. If it was, it sure had been listed. And it's basically just regurgitating information that all of these other fellows have come up with. Verse 19 is actually a quote from Isaiah 29, 14. Isaiah 29, 14. That says, Therefore, behold... God speaking through the prophet says, I will again do marvelous things with this people, marvelous and astonishing things, and the wisdom of their wise men will perish, and the understanding of their discerning men will vanish or be hidden. In other words, the work of God will not be able to be explained by anything other than God himself. It won't be able to be understood by anyone except his people. The revelation of God is given through the Spirit of God. And the wisdom of man, apart from God, is foolishness. You're going to hear me say this over and over again. Because I'm telling you that we're being inundated with the wisdom of man. We're being told what love is. We're being told what hope is. We're being told what happiness is. And all of these things are based in the definitions of man. And every one of them have their origin in flesh. Not a single one has its origin in Christ, in the solid rock. Therefore, if you have, you've got it. If you don't have, you're out of luck. But in Christ, we have it all. In Christ, everything is yea and amen. And the joy of the Lord is never shaken. It is our strength. And the peace of God doesn't need to be understood. You don't have to be wise in knowledge to embrace it. And the love of God is never failing. Those definitions all include God, but in the world, they, none of them include God. They're all a work of flesh. Now, the background of this verse in Isaiah is that Jerusalem had made alliance or was going to make an alliance with Egypt in order to protect them from a possible Assyrian invasion. Now, they were really afraid that the Assyrians were going to come run them over, and they did not seek God's wisdom on this, but they followed the counsel of all of the people I just mentioned, the seers, the wise men, the false prophets. They operated in the wisdom of God, uh, wisdom of man. And even when God warned them not to do it, they went ahead with it. Because it was logical. Because it made sense. 
It seemed like the right thing to do. And we would rather put our hope and trust in flesh than in spirit. So we are going to believe that big, strong Egypt will protect us from Assyria. Well, those of you who are familiar with the history of Israel, no, that didn't work out so well. They didn't believe in God's protection. They were protecting themselves. They were man-centered. They were not willing to risk their safety and prosperity by believing that God was their protection. Does that sound familiar? It does to me. I've lived it. Without faith, the wisdom of God had escaped him, and they were destroyed because the, their alliance with Egypt provoked the Assyrian invasion, and Egypt was of little help. In the time, get this, in the time of Isaiah, there were over 6,000 synagogues in Israel. The Bible and the Talmud were taught in all the Jewish schools. They were required understanding. Jerusalem was the religious center for the Jewish people. I mean, you couldn't come up with more knowledge than about God and about the ways of God in any place more than, than uh, Jerusalem. It was the capital. But yet, look what God says of, of them. Look at Isaiah 29, verse 13. That's just one verse above the one I just read. And the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but remove their hearts and minds far from me, and their fear and reverence of me for me are a commandment of men that is learned by repetition without any thought as to the meaning. Now, Paul uses this, the verse 14, to illustrate the condition of the Corinthian fellowship. Now, notice that it is the people in, the, in verse 13 who have removed their hearts and minds from God. They chose to re reject the wisdom of God. They chose to embrace the foolishness of flesh. They chose to see themselves as being their own hope, their own strength, their own provision, their own resource. Their heart was for themselves before it was of, for God. They removed themselves. They removed their hearts. They set their affections. They chose to live in the foolishness of the flesh. They embraced knowledge about God and understanding of the law. And they continued in the practice of worship, but rejected the heart of worship. Their relationship with God was soulish, man-centered. It was cultural and acceptable, but it was not from the heart. Now, I have a question. Why does God move from writing about the factions and divisions in the Corinthian church at the front of this chapter, at the very beginning, to the wisdom of, wisdom of God through the cross. Why the change? Why the shift? You recall as we looked at those first verses, he was specifically addressing the divisions in the church. One follows this person, the other one follows that person. 
And now he is talking about the wisdom of the cross. Why would Paul do that? Because the cross was the end of separation for all who believe. Because of the cross, man no longer need to live in separation from God and his wisdom. Those who believe live by faith and in the wisdom of God, and the wisdom of God guards them. To live by faith is to live according to the flesh in foolishness. In the day of Isaiah, Israel lived in separation. But they were compelled to call upon the Lord for his wisdom. In other words, they didn't have the Spirit of God within them. They were people who culturally, do you hear that? Culturally lived in the context of their relationship with God. The law imposed that context on them, but their hearts were not for Him. God wanted their worship to be the truth of their hearts. Now, this is the desire of the Father for us. That's why He has placed His heart in us. He has given us His heart. He wanted the people to love their God and to see Him as their God. To be passionate about Him as their God. He wanted them to see that He is the God who loves them. That He is the God who leads them. That He is the God who keeps them and protects them. So that they worship my God who leads me. My God who protects me. My God who is my wisdom and my provision. My God who keeps me. Nah, rather than the God. My God. Their hearts were far from Him. They did not see, they did not have the heart that God wanted them to have towards him. God wanted their worship to be true. But instead, he was the God of their culture. He was the God of their religion. Now listen, before we start pointing at Israel, look at the people of God today. We have churches all over the place. And they're filled with people who are faithful to come for worship service. Faithful to serve where there is service to be had. But if you were to get behind the scenes with these people, and I have, you would see a lot of people who haven't had a heart for God in many, many years. Christianity for them had become cultural. They lived in a Christian society. It has become their religion. And that religion is, is becoming more and more centered on the needs of man and the desires of man. And religion and God is all about meeting the needs of man. There's something wrong with that. The people of Israel became carnal, which is fleshly carnal, self-centered. Their appetites became carnal. Their attentions and their focus in society became carnal. They knew more about what the world was doing and what their society was doing than they knew about their God. They became distant in their relationship with Him. And I want to tell you that that is going on right now. And you know what? We're not special. 
When we have the Spirit of God within us, we have every day that we rise up out of bed, we have a choice. Am I going to live according to the flesh or am I going to live according to the Spirit? You've heard me say it over and over again. Is God the context of your living? The wisdom of God for you is not something that you have to implore Him for. It's not something that you have to seek. Many of us have gotten into the habit of praying to God for wisdom as though God was somehow going to have a special delivery to your doorstep or into your mind. Let me tell you something. Jesus is the wisdom of God and He is your life. Now, if you don't believe me, you can look that up. That is Scripture, pure and true. Listen, what you need in any given situation is to yield and live in the truth of Christ as your life, and you will walk in wisdom. And in order to do that, you have to, by faith, believe that your foundation, that the center of who you are is in Christ. Not in the whims of man or this world or the politicians. Not in anything other. Not in your your bank accounts or your careers. Not in your, your family relationships. But in Christ. It's in Christ. The trouble. The distortion. The twisted perceptions that you have in the Christian community come from a desire to find hope in this world rather than in Him. To settle their circumstances rather than to rest in who they are. They had divided themselves. The Corinthian church, like Israel of old, now worshipped in separation. They had divided themselves among men because their desires were carnal. Their appetites had become carnal. And so their relationship with God had become distant. Not passionate, cold. Not intimate, independent. Not leaning by faith on the wisdom of God to direct their lives. Not embracing the foolishness of the cross. That's why Paul makes this distinction. 1 Corinthians Chapter 1, verse 20, Paul asks, Where is the wise man, the philosopher? Where is the scribe, the scholar? Where is the investigator, the logician, the debater of this present time and age? Has not God shown up the nonsense and the folly of this world's wisdom? Well, hasn't he? Look around you. Look at the geniuses of this age. The universe was formed by a random explosion. There is no God. We came from apes. Gender is a matter of personal choice. Wisdom is imparted from Hollywood. Does any of that make sense to you? Does any of that sound like wisdom to you? Well, thank God if it doesn't. But if it does, you've been eating from the wrong tree, and your wisdom is the foolishness of man, not the wisdom of God. Paul speaks of the wisdom of this age. That is a wisdom without God. It is a wisdom without faith. 
The Amplified defines living by faith in this way. And if you go to like Colossians and and Thessalonians, you'll see this phrase stuck in there after it says walking by faith or living by faith. You'll see this phrase. It says, the leaning of your entire personality on Him in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness, His character. These Corinthians were operating in the wisdom of man. And Paul names all of their resources for worldly wisdom apart from God. And he says, God has shown their wisdom to be nonsense. Again, you see Paul contrasting the wisdom of the flesh with the wisdom of God. Verse 21. For when the world, and with all its earthly wisdom, failed to perceive and recognize and know God by means of its own philosophy... God in His wisdom was pleased through the foolishness of preaching, salvation procured by Christ and to be had through Him to to save those who believed, who clung to and trusted in and relied on Him. Now this verse is kind of tongue-in-cheek. Speaking of the collective intelligence of the world failing to perceive or know God. Yet God, through what the world reckons to be foolishness, has brought the revelation of His salvation through Jesus Christ. You see, man is saved by faith, not by knowledge. And guess what? That is the wisdom of God. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, Visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.